Second Corinthians 3.17 declares, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty in Jesus is yours. The Holy Spirit brings liberty and to Jesus be all the glory, honor, and praise. And Galatians 5.13 says, we have been called, we have been called unto liberty. I want you to lift your hands up high, just like we did yesterday, and say, liberty is mine in Jesus' name. Just say those words. Liberty is mine in the name of Jesus. And then say, I'm called unto liberty, and my loved ones are called unto liberty. I'm called unto liberty, and my loved ones are called unto liberty in Jesus' holy and wonderful and matchless name. Amen. I'm teaching this because I want your faith today to rise. That you're going to believe that 2023 will be a time of liberty in your life, in your home, with your loved ones and family. Because that's God's promise. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We are called unto liberty. Now, I began the teaching yesterday, and I want to continue today. And I showed you from the Bible that it says in Psalm 33, 16, no one is delivered by their own strength. So we have to come to the place to understand, I am not going to bring to myself liberty. Liberty is not going to come because of our own ability, intelligence, knowledge, or anything like that. Because the Bible makes it very clear, even the mighty cannot deliver themselves. That's in Amos 2, 14 and 15. I gave you all this yesterday. I'm going to continue from there. Now, Ezekiel 17, 15, the last part is really the beginning of freedom, the beginning of liberty. It says, you have to come back to the covenant. Because it says, shall he leave the covenant and be delivered? The question God asks, can someone leave the covenant? and be delivered? Of course not. That's the reason why many people today are in bondage, because they walked away from the covenant, meaning the cross, meaning the relationship with the Lord Jesus, our walk with Jesus. It's a covenant walk. This is our life of covenant. Only in the covenant we have freedom from sin, freedom from devils, freedom from the devil himself, where the spirit of the Lord Jesus is, and only through his word we can have that. The Holy Spirit comes through his word, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. God, uh, never, it's not his will for anyone to be in bondage to anyone or anything. There are people today in bondage to other people. There are people today in bondage because of legalism. It's called witchcraft in the Bible. I saw it in the 70s. A great church got into bondage because a man came in teaching a teaching called mashed potatoes in those days. It was really kind of a great, uh, uh, you know, very, very strange name. A great move of God that was destroyed by, by this teaching. Mashed potatoes, very strange thing to call anything. Anyways, and that's, you know, it's about submission, how we have to submit to each other. And he destroyed that church with, leg with legalism. A religious spirit came in, and people were destroyed. I saw it with my own eyes. 
I was still in my, in my, in my teens. I got saved when I was 19. And then 20, I, I began to see all this change happen. In 20, I, when, when I was 21, I began preaching the gospel because I went, I left that church and, and went to see Catherine Kuhlman and that changed my life when I went to her meetings. And that was exactly 48, 48 years ago. I began preaching a few days ago. December 7th was 48 years. God touched my life in 1973 in a Catholic human service. That's 49 years ago. I began preaching 48 years ago, but I began preaching 1974 because I discovered their liberty in the spirit. Hallelujah. And I want you to, to discover that same liberty, but we have to come back to the covenant. Now, the first thing we have to do is call upon the Lord. Psalm 72, 12, you call upon the Lord. And when you call upon the Lord, it says in Psalm 56, verse 9, that's when the devil leaves. That's when he just goes, when you begin crying out to God. But remember Isaiah 51, 14. It says God has put his word in you. So we need the word in us before we can call on him. Okay? God says, look, I'll deliver you, but I put my word in you. He starts in, in verse 14 of Isaiah 51. He says the prisoner wants to be out. He wants to be free from the pit. That's a lot of, a lot of people that are watching me now want to be free from that bondage. And, and then God says, I'm the Lord. I can do it. I've divided the sea itself. And I've put my word in your mouth. If you want liberty, I can do it. But I have put my word in your mouth. Use it. Use it. When you use the word in your mouth in prayer. So we pray. Psalm 72, Psalm 56, and we use the word, the word, Isaiah 51, 14 through 16. And now Paul says, all right, you put on that armor. Let's go to Ephesians 6. That's where we started. Uh, and then let's just continue with that. So wherefore, I'm going to read again Ephesians 6, 13. Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand having your loins. Now, we talked about yesterday, what is the loins? The loins is the mind, the mind. And Paul repeats, now you stand, and here's how you stay free. You see, it's important that we understand this. Standing is one thing, but staying in that position against the devil is another. Because the devil will come back and try to defeat you again and again. We are fighting five divisions of the army of the devil. He's a highly organized enemy. But it doesn't matter. We can defeat him with the word of God. Resist the devil, James 4. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. He'll flee from you. It means you can win. You can be free and find your liberty and stand in your liberty for the rest of your life because we're called. Galatians 5.13, we are called unto liberty. Hallelujah. Now the Bible says the first thing we do, it says in verse 14, stand, therefore I'm reading Ephesians 6.14, stand, therefore having your loins girt about with truth. I showed you yesterday that the loins means the mind. It doesn't mean the waist, okay? So let's go back one more time. This is where I stopped yesterday. 
Let's go to First Peter. Let's look at chapter 1, and let's look at verse 13. He says, Wherefore, gird up. Gird meaning prepare for action. <laughs> prepare your mind for action with the word. Gird up the loin of your mind. So when you read in Ephesians 6, 14, that your loins should be full of truth. It means the mind. It means the mind. So now let's go back to Ephesians because we know we have to explain all this. Some people don't understand what the loins mean. When you read the Bible, you're thinking it could be waste. No, it's not. It's the mind. Stand therefore having your loins girt or prepared for action about with truth. Okay. How do we do that? Well, it's not about just reading the word. It's about receiving the word. Receive what it says. Believe what it says. A lot of people read the Bible and have no liberty. Think about Saul of Tarsus. He read the Old Testament, but he did not know liberty in the Lord. It's when that word becomes uh, the revelation of it. becomes life. becomes life. When God reveals it, it becomes life. And at that moment, wow, you're in. No, no, no more confusion, no more bondage. You begin moving into that liberty and you stand in it for the rest of your life. So when it says, stand having your loins, stand means resist. Don't give up, don't run. Ah, the devil will run, not you, not me. You stand having your mind full of truth, the truth of God's word. Now, when you, you, you begin to fill your mind with the word of God, something else happens. It says, and having on, verse 14, having on the breastplate of righteousness. This is awesome. Now, the word of God begins to fill your heart. How? Meditation. You begin to meditate upon the word. Now, I'm, I'm giving you simple steps. I'm breaking it down for you. If there's someone watching me right now, who's in bondage to demons, Satan himself, sin, the world, or people, or even some person, you can be free from that. You can stay free from that. Number one, repent. Come back to the covenant. Come back to the Lord. Realize first, I cannot do it myself. Now I gotta come back to Jesus, walk in covenant. Now call on the Lord. I covered all that yesterday in detail. I'm going to repeat it again just in case someone maybe didn't hear it right. Now you call on the Lord. And now you use the Bible. Pray the Bible. Deliverance comes when you use the word in you. When the apostles prayed in Acts 4, they said, Lord, your word said, you said in your word. They were threatened by the, by the Pharisees. They came and said, Lord, your word says, we pray the word, we pray the word. Praying the word is very powerful. Moses prayed the word for Israel and they saw liberty. We come and say, Lord, you said in your word. Now, when you pray the word, things begin to change, meaning the word gets in your life. And then you can start standing and resisting the devil. Then you can start standing. You, you come up out of the ashes of defeat. And you stand up. You say, devil, 
you're not going to let, no way, I'm not going to do what you said. No, I'm not going to look at that again. I will not listen to that again. And you stand. And now the word of God, you have to take it and fill your mind with it. And by meditation, it's going to fill your heart. And your standing now becomes more firm and more strong and more steadfast so you won't fall again. I told you the devil comes back. Matthew 12 talks about how the, the enemy comes back looking for vacancy. What is he looking for? The word, not the gifts, not signs and wonders. A lot of people are bound, even that, that have many gifts in their life, even talking in tongues will not keep you free. No, the word, only the Bible keeps you free. It's the word. Great peace have they that love your law. I've put your word in my heart and then I'm not gonna sin against you. Only the word gives us that kind of peace. Great peace have they that love your law, Lord. We know liberty through the word of God. And, and the enemy comes, Matthew 12, looking, are they full of the Bible? If they are, uh-uh, no vacancy, I can't get in. But if he sees any vacancy, wham, those devils come back even stronger than before. So the Bible says now you fill your heart. That's what covers your heart with a breastplate of righteousness. You start living righteously. Lord, I've hid your word in my heart, so I'll not sin against you. Why? Because I'm living righteously now. Now watch this. Ephesians 6, 15. It says, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now you are filled with the word, and there's amazing, amazing peace that covers your life. Now, do you remember... Uh, where I said, let's just go to Psalm 119. I want you to see this. Now, your feet is your walk, because he says there, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now you are living the Bible. You are living the word. You are walking the word. You are, you are walking with the Lord in faith. And that is when the word now has penetrated your life in such a way it is affecting your life, it's affecting the way you live, it's affecting your actions, and this is where you'll find great peace. So I told you, Psalm 119, verse 165, great peace have they which love your law. So it's impossible to walk in the word without loving the word. You love the Bible so much you love the Bible so much, it begins to affect your life, your walk. Great peace have they which love your law, and nothing will offend them. Nothing will make them stumble. That's what the word offend means. It says nothing will cause them to fall. Nothing will cause them to stumble. It doesn't mean nothing will offend them when, when, when people say things. No, it's way, back, way more than that. Nothing will cause them to fall or stumble. You don't want to stumble. You know, I don't want to stumble. The Bible, the Bible. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And you see what, 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 what happens here? We begin to read it. We begin to receive it. It fills our mind. Now, through meditation, it fills our heart. And next thing you know, it affects the way we live. And now, he says, once it begins to affect your life, verse 16 says, and above all, Oh, I love that. Above all, wow. Taking the shield of faith, 
wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Even when we are living that kind of strength and that kind of life, the devil doesn't stop shooting things at us. There are still those fiery darts coming at us, but we can win if we are walking with faith because our faith overcomes the world. 1 John 5.14 Hallelujah. Your action that is full of the word of God literally will overcome everything the devil throws at you. Because the word of God, you see, when it fills your mind and you read it calmly, carefully, peacefully, no distraction, you receive it. And like I told you many times, stop where the thought stops, go back and rethink what you just read. So you read a portion, then you stop, you stop. You know, when you read Romans, thought number one is chapter one to chapter eight, because it talks about basically justification, sanctification, glorification. You can break that also into three thoughts if, if you want to. I love to read that whole portion. Romans 1 to 8, because that's one thought. And then I go back and meditate on that. What, what did I read? What did Paul say? Then chapter 8 and on, especially as he moves into chapter 9, he starts going from there to talking about the Jewish people, God's plan for the Jewish people. Now that's another thought. And it stops now with chapter 12. Chapter 12, to the end of that, of that book, our duty as believers. So the first part, 1 to 8, it's about my faith. 9 to 12, Israel. 12 to 16, my duty. That's what I mean by thoughts. Now when you read the Bible like that, and you go back and meditate upon it, that meditation is what brings the nourishment of the word in your heart. Now you can stand against the enemy. And then you keep feeling that word in your mind, in your heart, affecting your walk. When it affects your walk, Paul says now, above all, something begins to happen. Your faith comes alive. You walk by faith and not by sight. And when you start living by faith and not by sight, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Because there's a shield of faith. There's a shield of faith around your life that the devil cannot penetrate. That's why Paul says, above all, take the shield of faith means keep walking. Go deeper in the waters of the word. Go deeper in that blessed word of God. Let that faith come strong and alive all around your life through the word. And the next thing you know, when faith becomes a shield, you're talking it. You're talking it. It's not just in your mind now. It's not only in your heart now. It's way beyond that now. It's not only in your walk now. It's in your mouth now. It's in your language now. You can't stop talking about what God is doing in your life. You cannot stop talking about the cross of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the presence of the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus comes out of your life. Everywhere you go, it's all about Jesus, all about Jesus. Why? Because now faith is so strong in you, you're talking the Bible. You're thinking the Bible. You're full of the Bible. Your life, you're walking the Bible. Now you're talking the Bible. That's, I think, what this is what it means by, by the shield of faith. Because now it's 
it's, it's literally coming out of you. And our faith, 1 John 5.14, overcomes the world. And now you're living it. You're talking it. Now look what he says. Let's keep going. And take the helmet, verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now let's talk about the helmet. What, what, what is the helmet? First Thessalonians. Let's go. First Thessalonians. I really pray you are being blessed by this, and I pray that you have, you know, taken all the notes down and all the scriptures down. So Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. Ah. So what is the helmet of salvation? Let's keep going to Hebrews 3, 6. Remember he says here, the hope of salvation. The hope of salvation. We'll talk about that. Hebrews chapter 3. We're going to read verse 6. Verse 6. I love this. But Christ as a son over his own house. Whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope from unto the end. That means not giving up. The helmet of salvation says, I'm going to endure. I'm going nowhere. The Word of God gives us enduring power. In Mark 13, 13, Jesus said, He that endures, endures to the end. Enduring power, it's not just about standing. It's not just about your mind full of the word, your heart full of the word, and now begins to affect the way you are. It, it fills you, affects your walk, it affects your talk. Now there's something else that, that is happening here. Now there is also that endurance. You're, you, you're standing so strong, you'll never give up. You're focused on the finish line. You're focused on the finish line because it says if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing. There's no doubt. There's no questions. I love, I love what Jeremiah 18, let's go to Jeremiah 18 says, because the helmet of salvation is the hope of salvation. The helmet is the hope of salvation. It's endurance. It means enduring persecution. Uh, you know, somebody says, well, I'm, I'm walking with God. I've, I've, I've repented and I've prayed and, and, and my liberty is back now and I'm filling my mind with the word and my heart with the word and my walk with the word and my talk with the word. But if they're not willing to stand against persecution, if persecution comes and they fall, they're not enduring, are they? So when persecution comes, it comes to test, is that faith working? Is that faith really working in you? Persecution gives you endurance. And that's what Paul means by the helmet of salvation. The power to endure. Even when persecution comes, you're going nowhere. You are there unto the end. He that endures to the end shall be delivered and saved. Jeremiah 18, verse 12. Thank you, wonderful Jesus. Okay, 
Now, endurance, endurance. Don't let that endurance go. Because otherwise, if we let that endurance go, we're gonna, we're gonna follow our own devices, our, our own ways. It says in Jeremiah 18, 12, they said there is no hope. We will walk after our own devices. We will, we will do what our imaginations tell us. That's what's happening today. People following their own devices because they just don't want persecution. They can say all they want, I'm a, a person of faith and I'm walking with Jesus and I know the Lord, but when persecution comes and they're rejected, they go, they go right back to their own imaginations and devices. But no, no, we're, we're not of them who draw back. We are of them who endure to the end. Hallelujah. No matter what comes against us, we will endure. Now, what we've looked at so far are uh, uh, defensive weapons. The, the, the girdle, our mind, the breastplate, our heart, the shoes, our walk, the shield, our faith, the helmet are all defensive weapons. Tomorrow I'm gonna, I'm gonna deal with the offensive, the word of God, the word of God. Because the next thing Paul talks about here, and we're gonna deal with that tomorrow, so please, sweet people of God, you sweet, wonderful beloved of God, don't miss tomorrow. Because tomorrow is gonna really be so important because we're gonna talk about the offensive part of the armor. Because now Paul says, and take the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. I'm going to deal with that tomorrow. There's so much here to talk about on how to use the Word. How do we use the Word against the enemy? How do you use it? When, when, when you see somebody in bondage whom you love and care for, a family member, how do you use the Word against the devil in that situation and get the devil out? You see, people who are walking like I've been talking about, the devil recognizes them. And when they say, come out, the devil comes out. He doesn't say, well, you know, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, who are you? No, they leave because he recognizes the authority of people walking in authority, walking in the word. And I want you not only to walk in liberty, I want you to bring liberty to others. Oh, Lord, come on, let's believe. Lord, use them. Use everyone listening that they'll bring liberty to others, Lord. They'll bring liberty to their loved ones, liberty to their friends and neighbors, liberty, Lord, to those who come to them for help in the name of Jesus. Use them as mighty instruments of peace and liberty in your holy name. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus forever. And Lord, bless them also in every way. Let 2023 be the year of liberty and prosperity. Liberty and prosperity in 2023. Now we're coming to the end of 2022. This is the time to really give to the Lord with faith that 2023 will be a year of prosperity and liberty also from debt. Liberty also from that bondage called debt. God does not want you to be in debt. God says, owe no man nothing but to love. In Romans 13, don't owe anyone anything but to love him. Yeah, liberty is yours in every way. So when we live the word, when we walk the word, we become givers, real givers. 
and God will bless us tremendously. I believe 2023 will be our year of incredible. Uh, listen, the, 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 the move of God that's coming to the church is going to be something that you can't even imagine. Can't even imagine. And you're going to see something happen inside Iran in 2023. I'm telling you, something good is coming to that nation. God's people in, inside Iran, there's a move of God today in Iran that is not, it's never happened before. None like it. The church is moving mightily inside Iran, and I love the Iranian people. I've always loved the Iranian people. And I believe in God for mighty things to happen in Iran. Hallelujah. And I want you to believe God, mighty things will happen in your life and your family and your nation, whatever you're watching me. But you have to believe God and give. Jesus said, don't call me Lord, Lord, and not obey me. And one of the commands, he said, give so he can give to you back. Sow that seed so God can give you a harvest. If you want to see 2023 be a year of prosperity, prosperity, you start giving now in faith believing for that year to be a year of prosperity. All right, you can sow your seed right now, right now. By going uh, and sowing your seed on the platform you're watching me on, or go to our website. That's the simplest, bennyhin.org, bennyhin.org. You can also give by PayPal. It's all on the screen for you. Or you can text BHM45777. Or you can send by mail. It's all there for you on the screen. But listen, the simplest and quickest is our website, bennyhin.org. And all the info is right there for you. It, it, it will guide and lead you. You can do it on your phone too by going to our website or on your, or your, on your iPad, your computer. doesn't matter. That's so seed. And believe God, he will meet your needs, I promise you. All right, don't miss tomorrow. Another powerful program. I'll see you then. Shalom.